It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak on Australia Day this week. So I'm flying the flag in the background uh, here in Australia, 26th of January. It is Australia Day. Um, it's I've just decided to take a quick break from uh, Brian, if you're in South Africa, or barbecuing, if you're anywhere else in the world, and here included, uh, and gaming. But not quite giving up the gaming side of it today. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that. So I thought just do a quick show. You know, Wednesday's show must go on. But it has been an amazing day here so far. There's been some great things. Uh, we have traditions and, and ferry races down in the harbour in Sydney. So just a quick show today. There's a couple little bit of, bits and pieces of news that I thought were worth sharing. I had a question too that came in that uh, probably warranted being answered. So let's go into uh, things with a Z and let's get into our slideshows. I've got multiple screens going today. So if my head's all over the place, I'm trying something a bit different just to find the whole right place to put things. So first of all, a shout out to JLab. Um, in fact, I'm, well, you can't see on the screen, I'll sit up. I'm wearing a Team Gaming JLab t-shirt. Um, and for everyone that knows me, and if you've been watching the show, if you're listening to the show, you've probably heard me talking about it. My thing is to wear technology T-shirts. Uh, you know, and then they say, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Well, I literally have. So, um, yeah, um, thank you for the T-shirt. But more importantly, this is the technology show. We're going to review a very, very cool headset. Now, I've reviewed a lot of JLab's products over the last year or so. And I must say, this is a brand that is really starting to, to get up there as one of my favorites. And there's multiple reasons for it. So first of all, there's the case that this headset comes in. This is the JLab Play Pro Gaming Wireless Headset. It takes a bit of practice. So on the inside, uh, nicely folded up, which I'll take out now. And there's two cables. One is a, a 3.5 millimeter auxiliary cable so that you can use it as a wide headset. And the boys and girls over at JLab are very clever. They've actually put a little volume switch on it as well. So when you're playing and you've got a wire, um, you know, it's just good to have it there. Now, why would you have a wired headset when it's called a wireless headset? Well, for things like Nintendo Switch, mobile phones that still have earphone jacks, the preference sometimes is to have wired. I must be honest, if you look and speak to most gamers out there, myself and my son included, we do prefer a wide headset. It, uh, it, it's amplified the speed, there's no lag. That being said, that's one of the things that the JLab has had programmed into it, is taking gaming into consideration. There's a setting that you can push that changes uh, into game mode. Now, if you're not a gamer, and you've never especially played a first-person shooter game, but you probably have seen something like a Fortnite or Battle or PUBG or any of these games, you actually want to hear footsteps, and that's where noise cancelling comes in, or at least noise reduction, making sure that you're out of your environment. Just let me a quick look over here to see what's come through on this side. Uh, uh, it's just a notification telling me that I'm live. Well, thankfully for that. So let's open up these guys and show you some of the really cool features. So first of all, the design of the actual um, ear Cup. I'm going to just quickly go back into full screen, which will make this a bit easier for me as well. So for those listening, this is not a traditional shape. It's almost like a, I'd like to call it almost a teardrop or a non, it's non-oval. And there's a reason for that. When you put on a headset, and let's find the right side, I'll put it on now while I'm talking. 
That's a bit weird because now obviously everything's gone a bit hollow for me. But if I point my head to the side, you can see with this shape that is ear-shaped, it actually covers the ear a lot better than what those traditional over the ears. Now, I've got some. And again, I'm not knocking products here, but I'm trying to show something here. So here are my Jabras. And you can see these are round. So on the inside, it's round. Now, my ear is not that shape, and no one's ear is that shape, right? Um, so... Basically, the shape that they've designed these is to take that into consideration. So you can see over there. The other thing is they are incredibly light and incredibly comfortable, which when you're wearing a headset for a really long period of time, that's something that you obviously want as well. Now, JLab really does have some cool innovations. If you, I've got, in fact, I know there's an earbuds version of the games, but this is one of the ones that I really love, that the little earbuds come with a USB charger built into it. But let's get back to the one that I'm reviewing today. So let's stop going back to the older devices. So um, USB-C, uh, it's got a dedicated mute button. It's got the pairing button, volume up, volume down. So pretty simple. Here's a very cool feature. A lot of people have a gaming headset because they have a it has the boom mic, but then they have another headset for music. Well, you don't need to do that anymore. Just uh, simply grab over here, pull it out, and it's a, a soft little tube-based microphone that I can move to wherever I want. Now, I did do a phone call test to see that if I do that and put it away, let's go back to the images because they're up here as well, does that actually mute the call? It doesn't. Now, um, I've worked with a lot of headsets where I can, like the, the Jabra's that I just showed, I can flick up the boom, which is a permanent feature, and it mutes. There's a dedicated mute button. You can mute on your, on your machine. You can mute on your phone. So I don't think you should be too worried about that from a features point of view. But if you want to say something that you don't want someone to hear, uh, you probably should not just rely on pushing the, the microphone in um, because, uh, yeah, it's not going to work. So um, then, as, the, as you can see, if you're watching the show, the, it comes with the USB-C charging cable and, as I said, the auxiliary cable. I have got another picture up here as well for those who are watching the shows, the mic out and the mic in. And again, this is, as I said, you know, we're running around, we're traveling a lot more, thankfully. Um, so, you know, you don't want to carry two headsets, especially if you're a gamer and you have your gaming headset. Um, dual connection. So what is dual connection? That means I can connect to two devices at the same time. Not many headsets do that nowadays. In fact, some of the really expensive headsets don't do that. So basically, I can pair it to my, my gaming machine or my computer, um, and I can pair it to my phone. If I'm sitting playing... Uh, and a phone call comes through, I don't actually have to do anything. I can still answer the phone call. There was a little bit of a lag. I had to pause, like, the game or movie that I was watching on the screen, and then it, it took a few seconds to kick in uh, and switch over onto the phone. Is this the end of the world? No, because I didn't have to actually take my headset off and put another headset on and wait for that to pair. So um, very cool. Uh, 60 hours of battery life um is what that's what it says in the box i haven't got through the whole thing yet so i don't really know if it does give you a full 60 hours uh but i think in this day and age and definitely with my experiences that i've had with the brand thus far um i don't think that they're going to claim or make um you know claim things or, or that that actually aren't true so um what else is there are oh, of course so one of the other things that i really do like about um, the whole of the JLab range, and I'm talking about the whole lab because I have really been lucky enough to review a lot of their products. It does come down to price. You know, JLab is no longer a no-name brand or an unknown brand. They've been around now. They've won some awards. 
Um, I know that CES had a really good presence, both physical and digital. In fact, they launched tones. I think I mentioned that about CES, where it matches your skin tone. Um, but let's let's talk about price, right? So we have a wireless headset, which can be wired, Bluetooth, dual Bluetooth, really super comfortable, super light, and sells for 69 US dollars. So in Australia, and that's probably uh, 95 to $100. So it's sub $100, um, you know, for that, that is really incredible. Um, I mean, that falls into a no-name brand classification when you're trying to buy something like that. In fact, I've bought promo headsets before that probably cost more than that, just to put some branding on and give them away. So, you know, for me, another real win that's come out of the stable. Um, yeah, so JLab, let me get this, let me get the naming right there. They always name the things. JLab Play Pro Gaming Wireless Headset. That can be wired too. So that's my uh, things with a Z. Um, and yeah, so if you, I'll put the links up. Oh, the link is actually up. You can go to smemall.org and find it there and uh, give away. Spoiler alert, I'll be talking about the merchant later on like I always do. So what else have we got? Ah, if you're interested in gaming, well, I hope you are. Otherwise, this might be the wrong wrong show because um, I definitely talk about gaming as well as technology. Uh, I'm actually going to be talking about gaming and more specifically how brands can take advantage of gaming at SMB Digital later on this year. I think it's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's in March um, in the Sydney, it will be at the Sydney Exhibition Centre. It's part of CBIT. I wear that T-shirt every now and then as well. Um, so, yeah, if you are in Sydney... Um, looking to find out more about technology, specifically digital and small and medium-sized businesses, which, as you know by now, this is a big passion of what we do on the show. And, uh, um, yeah, I'll be speaking there. And more specifically, I'll be talking about how brands can get involved in gaming and what gamification actually means, also from a data and metrics point of view. So that's just something I thought I'd mention now, seeing we're talking about the gaming side of things. Right, so a little bit of interesting news, and you know, I say it's interesting because it's it's kind of interesting. It's a little bit scary as well that this is going to be happening. But the EU is talking about banning targeted ads, so they have a thing called the Digital Services Act, which they introduced in twenty twenty, um, and that's going to prevent platforms like Google and Amazon and Meta, um, Facebook for those that are still not used to calling it, uh, um, from using sensitive information. So. Basically, when you buy advertising, this is something I do in my daily life when we talk about the cookie and all these things, you can target ads based on sexual orientation or race or religion or geography and so on and so on, right? So we can really make sure that ads are um, relevant to the, the, the audience and they target it and all these good things. The problem is that it is an invasion of privacy and that's been a, a fight that's gone up and down. Now, at this moment in time, I'm going to pause. I'm going to have people say, yeah, yeah, Brett, but you're in advertising, so of course you're going to say that, which is not true. If you get something, what I'm about to say, it's not true. If you get something for free, you have to pay the price. And this is not news, people. So if you get a game for free, you are going to have adverts that appear inside it. I have featured a streaming service before on the show called Tubi, T-U-B-R. I'm bringing them up again because... It was a second season of a series that I was watching on Amazon that wasn't available on Amazon, and I happened to find it on Tubi. In order for me to get it free from Tubi, there has to be adverts that are interstitial in between the episodes. So 
advertising is not going anywhere. So let me pose the question to all of you people out there that are going, oh, you're invading my privacy, boo-hoo. You're going to get an advert, right? It's not disappearing. Unless you move off free-to-air TV, unless you move off Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you will be radio, you will be exposed to adverts. Surely you want to get adverts that are actually relevant to you. I do. I'm sure that every single person I speak to would say the same thing. Who in their right mind wants to get an advert that, well, let's use an example. I don't wear makeup. I'm probably one of the most non-metrosexual people you'll meet. Now, I don't want adverts for Nivea men eye puff cream shit coming through my feet. It's just wasting my time. It's making me look at something that I'm never, ever going to use. But I'm sitting here week after week telling you I love phones, I love gaming, I love technology. Hit me with adverts that are absolutely perfectly spot on. Google, I'm on Google, give me an advert for a Chromecast. Yes, I have one, but there might be a new version of one that I want. So, you know, are the EU doing a good thing stopping this? When it comes to targeting um, children, maybe there's illegal content that's being sent online, things like that. Yes, let's, let's let the governments and the legislature step in. But adverts are not going anywhere. So rather, please keep giving me adverts that... Uh, that I want. And more importantly, if you're going to write a law like this that stops them, surely then you're prejudicing my choice to receive adverts, said no one, but surely you're prejudicing my choice to receive adverts that actually I would much rather have than if I'm going to get adverts that I don't want to have. So as long as there's a choice that says, yes, I'm prepared to accept an advert. And that goes back to the cookie discussion as well. Um, I really think that you're making a mistake. So, but anyway, it, it is what it is. It's, it's an act that's coming um, it has been tabled, so we're going to see it soon. Burner phones, things that drug deals, uh, criminal movies, and all kinds of things are made of. However, according to, the, well, not according to, the United States government has now made a suggestion to the Olympic team, it's Olympics in the next month, I think, um, that all their athletes, because it's in China, right? The, the Olympics is in China, if you didn't know that. Um, but the Olympic Committee has now told all their athletes to actually ditch their personal phones and move to burners. So before you get on a plane and fly across to China, they're telling you or suggesting that, A, take a burner phone with you or second-hand phone. Um, the terminology, people, for if you don't know what a burner phone is, it's a phone that you use to literally use and throw away. You burn. You must have seen the movies when the flip phones, when they snap them and throw them in the bins or throw them in the toilets or take the SIM cards out and break them and so on. That's a burner phone. They're generally used for non-kosher practices. However, I agree with this. So what the what the Olympic Committee is suggesting is take a burner phone or buy a phone when you're in China. It might not be in English, so you might want to take one with you instead. Because the chances are that uh, the Chinese government will be monitoring your device, your communication, your transactions, etc. Now, I've always said, if you've got something to hide, you shouldn't be online and you shouldn't be talking online because any of these end-to-end -end encrypted chats are never really end-to-end -end encrypted. There's always going to be someone on there that could probably figure it out, I think. But uh, the point is, is that if they do listen in or if they do jump into your device for whatever reason, now, uh, in mainland China, you can't use Google and you can't get Facebook. I mean, they have their own social networks there. Um and it's what we call the Chinese wall. I mean, I'm talking about the brick one that goes around. It's their big wall for data. So basically, um, 
in order for them to listen in or come and buy the network, they might get you to click on a link to agree to their terms and conditions. They could drop malware onto your device as well. It is very possible. In fact, they could even have malware preloaded or executables preloaded on the SIM card that when the SIM card is put into your phone, when you swap your SIM card, it has to do certain things. It's actually called USSD, Unstructured Systematic Services Data, I think is what it stands for, to connect to the network and, and ensure that there's a connection between the network. At that moment in time, software could be deployed onto your device, which means that when you go back home to America or any other country for that matter, I mean, this is uh, advice from the US Olympic Committee, but I think it's good advice for us here in Australia and anyone else anywhere else in the world that's sending it to them, including the Jamaicans, because they have a Bob said team. Couldn't resist. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to China, and in fact, if you're ever going to China, get a burner device. If you need a smart device and need something that's maybe a little bit uh, more feature-rich or functional-rich than just a simple make phone call, send SMS, take an old phone or take a phone that you're prepared to throw away. So, you know, you can get, in fact, our show sponsors TCL, make phones that are under $200. Smartphones run full versions of Android. You know, so you can slip all the features you want with really good screens. Uh, you know, pick up a device, take that with you when you're traveling anyway as a rule of thumb. So whatever SIM card you switch in or don't switch in uh, while you're there, anything that happens to that device, you just burn, donate, trash when you get back. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, I, for, for those that aren't watching, I've got a picture of a bar, of a stock chart that looks like a heart attack with some bitcoins on and i can keep clicking and just showing how they're going up and down this is something that i've come to realize that even as a techie and as much as i love technology crypto is just too volatile for me i just can't get into this i cannot advocate for it and i'm going to justify that statement we get someone like elon musk love you elon but he opens his mouth and boom crypto plummets then he changes his stance and crypto flies Jack Dorsey from Twitter buys crypto, crypto flies. Jack Dorsey says it's too much effort to put crypto. Crypto falls. India bans crypto, crypto falls. India says they'll think about it, crypto rises. Russia is now pursuing a brand on crypto. I mean, it lost 40% over the last weekend. So this is not an advice show when it comes to your investments and how you invest in it. But I get asked all the time, how much Bitcoin do I own? How much Ethereum do I own? Well, personally, I mean, generally people don't tell people. I'm happy to tell you, I own peanuts. I think I've got maybe a thousand Australian dollars worth of crypto. And that's only because I did dabble and then I decided to get out. And that was what was left over in the period of the transaction to by the time the blockchain was written and it's just laying there. So, yes, I do have crypto uh, in my stock portfolio. There's some cryptocurrency that's traded as well through copy trades. Uh, I use a platform like eToro. If you want to get into um, shares, you can look at eToro as well. But I just personally can't advocate for this stuff. I mean, it's like a heart attack. It's seriously Friday, woo -woo -woo, sitting at 60-something thousand dollars, and Monday we're at $40,000. Why? Because Russia made a statement. I mean, since when was Russia important to the rest of the world? Uh, but they made a statement, 40% disappears. So, yeah, pause. So that's it. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to advocate for crypto. And for all those people that have mortgaged their houses, sold a kidney, maybe sold one of their 18 children as well, good luck to you. I, I hope you make money. And I I hope that one day I'm sitting here and go, you see, Brett, you should have bought him because we're sitting at a million dollars a coin. I don't want anyone to lose money. 
I just personally cannot advocate for this. Uh, I think this is just the stance going forward because I said I have a lot of people asking me about this and how do we do to hedge it and then I'm not a stock exchange person. I'm not, a, I'm not an investor type person. So I honestly can't answer those questions for you. Uh, huh, scummo. So, <coughs> excuse me, it's Australia Day, so it's probably fitting that we have our Prime Minister here. Um, yeah, WeChat. I mentioned that when you go to China, they have their own networks. WeChat is one of them. And for SCOMA, unfortunately, we don't chat at this present moment in time. So WeChat, like WhatsApp, um, well, not like WhatsApp. So WeChat is similar to WhatsApp. It's a messaging service, but it does so, so much more. It has a QR code, so you can do QR code payments way before COVID. They were doing that. Um in fact, I was on a radio show back in South Africa many years ago. Our show was hosted inside the WeChat platform, and we could do our chatting live on air and all those things. So it's really a powerful platform. It's actually owned by Tencent, which is a, mainly owned by a company called Naspaz, which is a South African company. But with 1.2 billion users, it's a significant channel. So why do we have ScoMo? And more importantly, why does ScoMo have a WeChat account? China, up until recent events, has always been a very good trading and tourist partner of Australia. Uh, and maybe one day we'll go back to that. And a lot of Chinese students come and study here. So WeChat is a really good way of engaging and promoting Australia and what Australia has to offer in China. So it made sense that ScoMo had a WeChat account. What unfortunately has happened is that in order to have an official account, you have to be in China. So one of the loopholes is that you set up the account with a Chinese business or Chinese person, and that way you are now officially in China. With 75,000 followers, this person decided that was quite a lucrative account to sell off to uh, another business. And uh, so they did. So, um, uh, yeah, they sold off his account. So now if you go to ScoMo's official account, uh, it's some business account, and he's obviously marketing and promoting. It doesn't sit well. China's already denied that they had anything to do with it, that it's a transaction that can be done at uh, at, at WeChat's level. Um, I don't know. don't know enough about it. I have a WeChat account. Don't use it. So the only reason I had it was because we, we, we did run our show on that. But that's the story. So, yeah, um, ScoMo, we don't chat for you right now. Oh, it's Australia Day, and I should be having a good day in it, but I'm going to have a moan because I actually told these palookas I'm going to have a moan, and I'm going to turn this into a thing because I like to try and help the listeners of our show. So if people are listening and watching, I've put up a screenshot on the screen, which was me trying to book an airline ticket on Virgin Airways, and I am naming and shaming, and I welcome them to come and mute me for this because this is all fact, and there's a screenshot to prove it, and this is my opinion. And guess what? It's my show, so my opinion's more than happy to be shared on my show. Right, so I tried to book a flight on Virgin at 4.20 to 4.40. I went through the whole thing, and there's a big error up there on the screen that said, oh, couldn't do it, please try refresh again. Now, this was a $55 flight, and it became $55.52 because of the credit card surcharge. And I tried, and I tried, and I tried, and I couldn't get it to work. So I opened a second browser because I was scared to just clear cash in that like it suggests. And lo and behold, my flight now is $179. I thought, well, screw this. So I phoned. And uh, someone actually answered the phone, which is quite rare. And they gave me some absolute bullshit excuse about website lag. Now, um, I never got off the boat or plane. I wish I had one of those to do I need to get sound effects for this year. I need to get myself one of those little devices with built-in sound effects. 
Um, I never got off the plane yesterday. So come with your rubbish of a website lag. First of all, if you're going to bullshit your clients or customers, well, I'm never going to be one of your customers again. And thanks to Rex, shout out to them. I got on for $59. Um, no and no rubbish. Um, so basically, if you're going to upset or piss off your clients, at least tell the truth. There's no website lag. You are the website. You're seeing everything in real time. So the only lag that's going to happen is when it comes back to my screen. I got the $55 price. It's there locked in. Now, here's a little bit of uh, customer service. The airline and the tourist industry have prob and hospitality as a whole have probably done it tough through COVID more so than anyone else. So you should be absolutely falling over yourselves to get my money and my custom and get me onto your plane and make sure I have a good experience so that I come on again. The last thing you should be doing is pissing me off or pissing anyone off. So what does this got to the technology show? Well, this is, I'm getting to this at the moment now, and I want to do, give you the whole full story so you understand. If you are ever going to be looking to fly, book a hotel or book a car, if you go through any of those um, sites that, ugh, I can't think of the word, where they accumulate the sites, but they like a finder, or oh, let's stay with tourism, skyscanner.net, webjet, um, bookings.com, etc., etc. There's nothing wrong with those sites, by the way. And the last thing I want to say with Virgin, Virgin, what you should have done, escalate to a supervisor. Supervisor should have gone, can you send us a picture of the screenshot you had? Thank you very much. We'll overwrite the system. Happy days, and I'll be sitting talking about how wonderful you are. Shots fired. So back to how it works. Your IP address links your machine to the internet, okay? So when you go and look at a price, and then you try and open up another website and look for a price, and then you try and open up another website and look for a price, all of that information is being shared back to the airline. The prices change. They keep moving them up. And the reason is they're actually punishing you. They're going, we told you that was the best price at $55. Then you went off to another website to try and find the uh, better price, and we've made it $52, uh, $59. So now you go back to the original one, it's actually $64. And they all hide behind the argument that prices are being, uh, seats are being booked the whole time and rooms are being booked. You know, you see that little thing. Hurry, only one left. You know what? There probably really is only one left on that site because it's all allocated. And as soon as you go somewhere else and that site goes, and this is where the cookies and privacy net actually comes into it, and that site goes, hold on a second. Brett was just looking at one of our competitors. He didn't buy there, which means that he probably was at a, bit, at a lower price than our rack rate. Let's just bump him up. And they're sharing the data all the time. So if you see a price online or you're going to one of these um, – Aggregators, there's the word, I couldn't think of the word. If you're going to one of these aggregator websites, you feel that the price is good, or that's the site. I always use skyscanner.net. I generally don't shop around beyond that unless I've got a promo that came through the emails and I clicked on it. Um, another nice thing about that is if you do do it through that, you can always go back normally to the hotel, the airline themselves. A lot of them do price matches or beats. Um, I used to do that when I traveled to New York. I'd book through a, an aggregator site book my hotel and then contact the hotel and say, you know, like the Hyatt, for example, would always beat that price for me. So those are some of the tricks. So that's why it's on the technology show. Um, you're all good to surf. If you are going to surf for prices, use a VPN and use multiple types of browsers, open Safari, Chrome, and uh, Firefox, or, you know, don't open tabs. But go to an aggregator, look for the price. Generally, they're going to have a good deal because 
they get a commission by, by sending the booking through anyway. Um, and yeah, book it. So thanks for nothing, uh, Virgin. Um, yeah, I think uh, very much uh, unlike their name, I think uh, the one thing they are trying to do is not remain virgins, or at least when it comes to the clients, uh, make sure we're not virginal. So uh, I think that's pretty much it for the end of the day. I don't want to get back out to the barbecues. I did mention earlier that uh, I would make the featured merchant uh, the product that we reviewed today on Things with the Sea. So you can go off to uh, the smemall.org, just search uh, JLab. You'll find them. In fact, there's other JLabs there. It, it, it takes you through to their website. You can have a look around. They have kids sets as well. Uh, yeah, so I think that brings us to the end of the show. Q&A. What? Now I need to look for my notes. Uh, Q&A. I did say at the beginning of the show there was one. I wanted to geek out a bit. So there is one. What is a GAN charger and why is it different? G-A-N. So seeing we translate geek into regular speak, gallium nitride is what GAN stands for. Uh, don't you just feel that your whole world is now better? You now have gallium nitride. So basically, gallium nitride conducts heat at a lower level, or doesn't it doesn't heat up as much as a normal charger does. So we talk about chargers like your cell phones. Um, you know, you get that little block charger that comes through. I'm looking around; I've probably got one floating around somewhere here, um, or probably be plugged in <clears throat> for the little USB. Um, that works on a on a processor, and it uses silicon. GAN replaces that, so it 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 basically will conduct electricity with a lot lower heat. Lower heat means less energy. Less energy means lower power consumption, which saves electricity, better for the environment, but also um, it means you can make it smaller because with the bigger blocks and charges that we use, you have to have space between, the, like if you take a multiple USB, the two ports are never ever next to each other. And a, a warning here, if you are buying a charger that isn't GAN and the ports are next to each other, it happens very. It happens a lot with the cigarette lighters, and they put the ports right next to each other. Two USB ports. Be very careful. They need to be spaced apart because of the heat that builds up in a traditional charger. So with a GAN charger, because of the low heat and low heat emission, they can put the ports closer, which means they can put the circuitry closer, which means they can make the devices smaller. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, it's not new, but it's still a bit more pricier than the traditional tech. But like with all tech, the price will come down. And I think in the next few years, uh, we will. We've already seen the likes of the Samsungs and the Apples don't put charges in their boxes anymore. Um, and if the EU gets their way, we'll all be on um, USB-C. Incidentally, I think, I don't think it was a rumor, but I think Apple's already slated a device with USB iPhone, a USB-C for China. Um, and that will obviously carry, oh, sorry, for uh, North Korea, uh, for for Korea, and that will probably carry through to the EU as well. So it'd be very interesting to see if iPhone 14 actually has the lightning port in it still, or if they just capitulate and go to USB-C. But basically, um, we will start to see, if you're buying chargers, um, we'll start to see GAN becoming the new norm as opposed to the normal 5-volt uh, charger that we have at the moment. So hopefully that answers that question. If that's the only question I've got here, then that means we definitely are at the end of the show. Um, so I suppose then that uh, all that does is take us to, again, if you're in Australia, um, I wish you a fantastic uh, and happy Australia Day for the rest of it. 
and now I'm going to go back out and uh, have a few more festivities. So until next time, keep your screen clean and your knobs shiny.